2: Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started.
3: Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your host, Sean Lavery um uh, that is the new intro uh since we have uh uh Eastport marina now as one of our show sponsors so hope you guys like that it's a little different than what uh my, my usual intro is but uh um it's definitely uh kind of keeps me in line with all the other podcasts on Paddle and fan so uh before we jump into tonight's guest who uh you guys uh who are checking this out on youtube can see at the bottom of the screen uh don't spoil it for anybody else but uh A few quick housekeeping things that I wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, First thing is the first Paddle and Fin Tournament of the Year is coming up on Dale Hollow Lake, uh, April 2nd and 3rd. It's live on Tourney X right now. And if you uh, uh, sign up before March 1st, I believe it is, you get entered into a chance to win uh, lodging down there and uh if for anybody who hasn't been there i was able to go down to the last paddle and fin meetup we had there it's a beautiful area Um, the marina there is awesome eastport marina Uh, the houseboats are amazing Um, we stayed in an awesome cabin when i was there so they they have just tons of different amenities there and let alone the the beauty that is dale hollow lake so uh be sure and check that out also i wanted to highlight the uh Fantasy Kayak Fishing League that uh, Paddle and Finn kind of took over from uh, Drew Gregory and the Hooked on Wild Waters folks. Um, you can find that on paddleandfin.com fantasy. It's free to enter. Make sure you, and there's great prizes to win. So definitely check that out. Uh, you can, uh, you know, set different lineups every week this year. So uh, it's definitely a little bit more challenging. My Don't look at my standings. I'm way down in the pack because apparently i did a lot better when you could just pick one team all year long but uh, anyway make sure you check that out uh so um that's all the housekeeping i have so without further ado i want to welcome back for the third time on the best vision for noobs show bass Geek himself mr hank rogers welcome back hank what's going on brother not much man. Uh what's been new with uh Basgeek since the last time we had you on? I looked back, I think it was April of 2020 the last time we had you on.
1: Yeah. Uh you know a lot, man. I mean, you know, we're we're pumping out a lot of things. You know, the YouTube world is 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 changing, you know, shorts are becoming a bigger deal now. You know, we've got the, you know, we've we're TikToking, we're reeling, <laughs> we're uh you know a lot of weird stuff that uh, you know a uh, fat redneck from southwestern Virginia never thought he'd be talking and uh, and doing. <laughs>
3: so I gotta say, uh, yeah. I, I, it's it's taking me a little bit to get used to the reels, like the the short stuff. You know, I uh, you know I kind of dig the real in depth half hour long, you know, you know really you know dive into different techniques. But I, I mean the the quick. Taste that you get from the reels is good too. I mean, you get you get a lot of juice in a little amount of time, I guess. Yeah,
1: you know, and and you know that's me, man. I've always been about the uh, the details, you know. Uh, and you know, I've you know, I, I love to work uh, expos and shows and meet my subscribers because I always say, you know, there's nothing special about me. Trust me, I've been married 28 years. My wife has beat that into my head <laughs> repeatedly. There is nothing special about me. Um, but you know, the only thing that's special about me is the obviously the bunch of crazy people that like to come and watch. So, you know, I figure it's kind of like watching a train wreck most for most of them. <laughs> yeah,
3: but, you know, you gotta watch the NASCAR races for the crashes, right? Exactly, man. You know, Not come a... on.
1: But um, you know, it's uh it, it's 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 been good. Last year was a little tough on me uh you know i've been married to the wife now in june will be 28 years Wow! Uh, high school sweetheart lover lover very much actually finally after six years talked her into doing a live stream with me the other night so <laughs> we did her valentine's day present was to you know to hang I saw out the highlights me. of that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh you know pretty funny pretty funny stuff uh but uh you know that's sort of uh i i I told her for years you know she was like when are you going to get me a house when are you going to get me a house i was like baby i love you (laughs) and i was like but i haven't made a 30-year commitment to you much less a house (laughs) so you know it's kind of what kept me out (laughs) of going in going in debt but uh Then she was like, well, she's like, you know, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not going to get to do this full time unless I'm in a house first. So I'm like, all right, we're going to get you a house girl. (laughs) (laughs) I can make that happen. Yeah. So now I'm not full time yet, but you know, we're working that way. We're, we're trying to get there. Uh, the shorts, the shorts are great and they're, they're a good and bad thing. You know, like anything in the world, it's, uh, You can't, they can be used for good or they can be used for evil. Uh, for me, you know, on the YouTube side of things, they're blowing my channel up as far as subscribers go, but you don't get paid for those views. Gotcha. So it's so. So I'm kind of I'm kind of losing money in one aspect. I was you know, going to so say it's
3: a double edged sword. Your 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 numbers are going up, but you're not the not in where accounts I guess. Exactly. So, which I mean I love it. I'm I'm happy people. I, and I was in
1: Columbus. This you know, this whole ramble that I'm going on here kind of comes back to uh, my subscribers. The the two people or groups of people that I I love more than anybody, my wife and my subscribers. <laughs> And uh, you know, so the thing of it is I love to do the expos because that's that's what I get to do. I get to go out and meet the people that support the channel, and you know, that's just energizes me. I just feed off their energy, it's just amazing. But you know, last year because of the Rona and all that stuff, you know, uh, which I've never drank Rona. It's to me, it's a <laughs> spring break, uh, you know, college girl drink. I don't understand yeah. <laughs> why everybody keeps getting sick <laughs> off of it, but <laughs>
3: Yeah. I think, uh, I think that brand name might've got ruined. They might want to <laughs> have the marketing guys pick up a new name for that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, sorry, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just rolling. I'm rolling right now. I jumped up, no, but no anyway, problem, <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, you know, that, that's sort of the thing, man. I got to get out and got to meet a lot of people and, uh, I, that's what I heard, man. People were loving the shorts. Um, and and that's awesome. You know, it's really helping the channel grow and we're seeing probably the best uh January February that I've ever had since I've been doing it and you know, it's just crazy how people have taken it and you like I said, you know me, I'm all about the details, so 60 seconds uh I can push a lot of details into a 60 second <laughs> short. Right. And, and I think people are really enjoying that. So, so different, man, things are changing. Things are evolving as things always do in the
3: IT world. Just trying to keep up, man. Yeah. I, I heard you in the the video that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, I heard you reference that you were a uh, Cisco engineer and, um, I too am an IT guy. So I on the paddle and fin crew. I think I'm one of the few IT guys. So, it's nice to talk to another fellow <laughs> computer geek as well, you know? Yeah. And and that's
1: <laughs> actually where the name come from, uh, gotcha. you know, was, was, you know, being a computer geek of, of sorts. Uh,
3: and that's where Bass Geek come from. So awesome. Awesome. All right, man. Well, um, again, uh, for the folks who didn't catch the first two times on our show or haven't, uh, heard you, um, you know, just give the folks a little bit of who you are. I know you said you're from West or, uh, Western Virginia yeah so, um, um, you know, how you got started into fishing and kind of what led you to to basking? you know, gosh, that is truly a long story on both cases, so I'm
1: gonna <laughs> try and shorten it down as much as I can cause can you, you know can, are, yeah,
3: you're you're getting good at you know, getting that down to like sixty seconds, so yeah you know, no pressure, <laughs> yeah, no
1: pressure, but uh, you know, i I grew up fishing you know, uh you know. Bass fishing really took off for me probably when I was about thirteen year old. Uh, my grandmother, unfortunately at the time, my mom's mom had uh, lung cancer, and so they would during the summertime. You know, I'm a I'm a Gen X kid, you know, so you know we were we were basically unbridled, and uh, she'd take me to a small lake that was just above the house where my uh, papa had a tin boat, and uh, we'd take the car battery and the uh, you know, and the trolling motor and a few poles, me and my, my little brother who was 12, my best friend who was 12. And man, we just spent all day on the lake and running the woods, you know, I mean, that's just kind of what we did. And, uh, you know, that just progressed as far as how basket come along. It was kind of a surprise to me, you know, I never really wanted to get into it. I'd coached for high school football for about 13 years and, um, I seen tactical bass and talk about the GoPro and how you should have a GoPro. And they said the magic words, which was, it's like watching game footage. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) so, you know, being a, being an offensive defensive line coach, I watch a lot of game footage. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, being an IT guy, I was like, man, I remember everything. I don't need no camera. You know, I can remember what I was doing, the retrieve I was doing, da, da, da. Well, I was wrong. I took, uh, I took and stole the uh, high school's handy cam, strapped it to the back seat on my uh, Triton, and uh, filmed me. And it was right when the A-Rig first came out. It was all, you know, hot and heavy. And so I threw by this, I was fishing what you call a gut or a ditch and uh, threw by a piece of standing timber out there and caught caught two smallmouth right off the bat. That was my first catch on an A-rig. So I thought that was the greatest bait ever invented. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, as I went back and watched it, I just kind of got into editing. I'd taken television production classes in high school. When me and my wife first met, I was actually – going to go to college, I was doing sports broadcasting.
3: Okay.
1: And uh, so it's kind of weird how it all just kind of led back, you know, to, to this sort of stuff, you know, back then I'm so old, you know, I fart dust. So, uh, (laughs) you know, it's back then it was all videotape VHS, you know, it wasn't, there, there was no computers back then. Right. Uh, I think we might've had windows 95 five had came out the year before my senior year. So
3: I'm familiar with it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, so, you know, I was like, well, man, you know, I got to cut out all these dead spaces in these videos. And so I just got into playing around with it. And my kids and a couple of guys at work was like, dude, you really need to put those on YouTube. And I was like, no, I was like, I spend all day listening to teenage kids cuss and go on. And I'm like, you know, I don't need to, to hear them. Tell, saying that stuff to me because I'm like, I might take a belt to them, you know, you never know. But, uh, and that, it, you know, the more they just all kind of talked me into it. I, in no way did I ever expect to be staring down the barrel at 50,000 subscribers. I mean, awesome. you know, it, it's like, I always said, if I, if I made it to 5,000 subscribers, I was like, I'm a superstar, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I, I, it's very unexpected and very appreciative. It's allowed me to enjoy and do a lot of things, you know, a lot of, have a lot of fun, you know, baits and stuff and get to try a lot of stuff. And, you know, but like I said, there's, it's nothing about me. It's all about everybody else out there listening and watching.
3: Was the, uh, like the instructional side of it, was that more from coaching or, I mean, you just seemed to be naturally a teacher kind of. So you know when I got into it i I think I've always
1: sort of had that teaching whatever um you know growing up, I never really had anybody that that bass fish you know I had you know my grandfather he crappie and um you know trout fished and you know that sort of stuff white fish and you know so everything I learn, I learn from what I call beating water, literally taking a lure and just beating the heck out of the water with it until I figured out when it worked and when it didn't, you know? And, um, so that was just kind of, you know, I, I'm a pretty methodical guy. I like to plan and think out as much as I can. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I like the details of bass fishing. That's, you know, the, the, the problem solving. I think most IT guys that, that I know that get into bass fishing. That's really what they enjoy about it, uh, because it relates to to what we love about it. You right. know, the the devil's in the details, right? And um, you know, so that's kind of you know what it was for me, and and I just kind of thought because back then when I started, there was one guy, you know, which was you know, the OG, Mr. Fluke Master himself that was doing it. And it wasn't that he was doing it wrong. I mean, obviously, but you know, I still felt like a lot of pros that, you know, didn't tell you the full story. They didn't and sometimes they just didn't simplify it down to you enough. They wanted to keep it very general. And I and that's the thing. I want to simplify it down and say, look, these are the details you need to start with this bait or this technique. Now, as I say, if you're catching fish on a Carolina rig buzz bait, the only person that should ever tell you that it's wrong is the fish when they stop biting it, you know? Right. Right. Always think outside the box, always think different, but uh, you know, I wanted to at least give you a solid platform of when, where, why, and how to start from. And that's something that I never really had, you know. He was like, I fish Highlands Reservoirs. And when you hear people talk about, you know, fishing in the winter, they're like, find those 45-degree banks. Well, they're all 45-degree banks where I live. It's 45 to 90. I'm like, so they're all good? No.
3: <laughs> no, nope, it doesn't work like that. Trust
1: me, I tried. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, so I try to be as detailed, but simple detail as I can get, you know, there's some things that I really drill down into, like, you know, I did a video on a rigs and I really talk about, and, you know, just recently, uh, the difference in different styles of swim baits at four different species of bass and different, uh, situations and, and even water temperatures. Uh, so I'll drill down super deep into that stuff, but at the same time, you know, like you, you give me a jig and I'm just like, all right, you just need five colors. And most of the time you just need three of those.
3: So <laughs> no, I think that's why that's probably your, one of your more popular videos on YouTube is the the jig one Oh one, because yeah. it really does break it down into about as simple terms as you can get.
1: Yeah. And that's just casting, you know, I mean, here it is. Mm. Here's the different jigs. Here's what they're used for now you go expand on that yourself.
3: Right, right. And I think, you know, going back to the IT thing, I think that's what frustrated me so much when I first started fishing is because I didn't have that analytical background to break it down. I was kind of just shooting from the hip, you know, at that point. And um, that's kind of what led me to start, you know, watching YouTube videos online. And because I really wanted to learn and I did not same with same as you. I didn't really have anybody, you know, right around me, you know, beaten down my door to take me out fishing or show me how they did it or what yeah. worked for them. So I was kind of learning on the fly. And now, you know, now obviously I have a pretty good background that I can build on and, and that mirrors my it, you know, skills. I can approach a problem, you know, approach a new body of water with a lot of yeah. preconceived notions, better or worse. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. And, you know, uh,
1: Tell you, how, tell you how old I am. I call it my Rolodex. So, <laughs> I'm like, I can dig through in a situation and say, mm, yes, this one. Yep. Yep. Our that's younger listeners have no clue what a Rolodex is. <laughs> Google it, guys. Google it.
3: <laughs> I was just reading the other day about how kids today ask where the save icon comes from. You know, I'm old enough to remember saving onto a floppy disk. So, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny.
1: Kroger Fresh for Everyone. Fuel restrictions
0: apply.
3: Uh, There's a couple of things that I uh, was going to talk to you tonight about. Um, You know, one of the things though that uh, I really wanted to highlight was I I watched a video on your YouTube channel that you did. It was a seminar that you did on the Demiki rig, and I don't think uh, that's one of the few uh, rigs or techniques that we've never covered on the Noob Show, as far as I know. I went back and looked back from when Ryan was still doing this before I joined him. And I could not find anything on the Demiki rig. So I think that might be a new topic for us. So I was going to ask you kind of to do, you know, as, as quick or as as detailed as you wanted to do on that. Because um, I, I don't know a ton about it. I watched the seminar, so I, I know more than I did half an hour ago. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I still, uh, you know, it, to me, it, it, it looks like an intriguing topic. Um, you said um, it's kind of starting to phase out but there are some things you can do to use it right now and kind of make it work as we progress a little bit into the spring. Yeah. So it, it's
1: really a cold water deal. And, and during the spring now, I don't know how you guys are, but you will get, uh, we'll generally have a shad kill at some point in time during the early spring. And the reason why is because you'll get a sudden warming trend, really warm up, we've got a lot of thread fin those thread fin will come to the surface and then a hard freeze will hit and it'll kill a lot of those we'll we'll call them yearling shad now the same sort of thing will generally happen throughout the winter so it, it's it's a vertical presentation of what you can kind of it's really ice fishing on open water uh it, it, as far as the presentation goes, it is exactly like ice fishing. Um, so you, you, you know, for me, I use a ledge head. You can use a moon. eye. the biggest key is that it's a, it's a, uh, hook that has a 90 degree line tie. And so all you do is you go out and you find the areas where these shad are. And as it gets colder and colder and colder, you know, mother nature culls out the weak, right? So some of those shad will die. Now, when you see a shad kill, the the few that you see floating is nothing compared to the ones that sink to the bottom. Interesting. And so what ends up happening is those shad will sink to the bottom and those bass, where those shad will winter, you know, out either over deep points or, you know, whatever it may be in your area, those bass will move to those areas and they'll just sit there. Sometimes they'll move up smallmouth, especially, you know, wintertime doesn't phase them. Uh, You know, they'll move up, jump into that ball of shad and they'll, they'll eat and chase shad and, you know, the coldest weather you can find. But a lot of times uh, what they'll do is it's, it's a buffet that they don't need to move for. So they sit there and wait for the shad to fall and, They hit them. They eat them. And so the technique was kind of born from that. You know, a spoon is is a great thing, but, you know, most of the time you think about jigging a spoon.
3: Off the line, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't always uh, mimic a dying shad, exactly. Uh, A lot of times a dying shad will just kind of hover and slowly sink and just kind of barely twitch. And so... You'll take that. You'll take, you know, how it, the Domeki rigs named after the armor shad, which is the most popular uh, version by the Domeki bait company. And uh, it's just a small little three inch split tail. Looks like a fluke, you know, just a little three inch version. And so what you do is you get out there traditionally, you're, you're using your graphs, you're using your 2D sonar on the front of your boat, or you can do it from a kayak. I got a buddy who, runs a kayak who I've, I've showed how to do this and he's been successful with it from his kayak. And uh, you'll get over top of that school of shad or school of bass. And you'll drop that Domeki rig down. And you'll see them come up and they'll hit it, set the hook and bring them to the boat. Now, you know, it's, it's spinning rod. Uh, even though I'm, I'm going to guess really the weight depends on the depth my go-to weight is a three eights and I'll okay. fish that to probably we'll say 40, 50 feet. Um, you know, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he actually won a tournament on the Tennessee river on Lake Telico, Fort Loudon and Teleco. And he was fishing in somewhere around 20 feet, 15 to 20. And so he was using a quarter ounce weight. So that that you know, depending on the current, depending on the wind, you know, you adjust your weight. It's like anything. Now I've caught smallmouth over top of owl wives out of eighty feet. Okay. And so there there, or if I get a heavy wind, you know, I tend to move up to that half ounce. So so it's not like a drop shot. You're not using super light tackle. Okay. But a, but one of the things that I do like is an extra fast tip because if you're targeting and you can catch large mouth at this too, spots spots and small mouth seem to be the better for whatever reason seem to be the most susceptible to it. But, uh, you get out there and you drop that bait down and a small mouth, what they'll do is they'll come up and grab it set the hook on themselves and then they rock it straight up. So you need that fast tip, you know, to kind of keep up with them as you're reeling to keep that because you're talking about very small, very finesse hooks. And uh, the barbs aren't very big on those. So, you know, the bait, once you give it slack can literally just fall right out of their mouth. Gotcha. You know, generally it's, it is light line. So even though you're using a three eighths or a half ounce, you're still using, you know, my go-to is eight. I know guys that go as far down as four and three. I don't have the Wavos for that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I've gone down to four. It it scares me. You better have a good reel with good, um, you know, drag. Right. Um, You know, and then on top of that, you need a a spinning rod that or a spinning reel that is a little faster. You know, a lot of your gotcha. low ends and your, you know, they're they're that five speed. You want that six plus speed. Right. So you can keep up with those smallmouth. Uh, you know, since you're dropping it directly over, you don't really need that long of a rod either. You know, I I'll, I'll use a seven foot just to get it out past my trolling motor. Cause I have set the hook on the trolling motor prop a couple of times <laughs> and it, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but you think you got a big one for a second. And then it about pulls you overboard. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it's a fun technique. It's video game fishing. I mean, a hundred percent. And it's, it's, it's video game fishing well before, we you know we ever got the forward facing sonars you know the live scopes and that sort of stuff. Uh, really, all you need is a, is 2D sonar to do it. Uh, I mean, I've got some great pictures on my Instagram and stuff. You know where you can literally see just it looks like hands you know just lines coming up off the bottom uh, to to see your uh, your bait. Um, now I, as we progressed. And as the fish have become more pressured, you know, it used to be kind of like ledge fishing. You would graph over an area, you'd see the fish on the bottom, and those are the fish you'd fish for. Now, in my area, Demeke Rig fishing is just, it's huge. You know, South Holston, uh, Watauga, Cherokee Lake. Of course, everybody, if you know the Bassmaster, you know, that's where the name, you know, the Demeke Rig kind of got big. kind of got out and so now you know everybody does it so those fish are now so hard to catch because those fish are sitting on the bottom they're not necessarily feeding so now what's happening is we're taking our forward-facing sonar and those big schools of shad actually generally have bass in them so you can scan through that big school of shad that's still near that school a bass that's sitting on the bottom and you find those active bass, the ones that, that makes are a lot of sense. feeding.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're and not so, going to be in the middle of the bait ball if they're not feeding. Exactly. <laughs> and so, so now
1: you can take that Domeki rig and there's another technique where I, where I'm from called tight lining. Where you take a little uh, head, a little ball head, you know, just simple little ball head, you know, quarter ounce or even less, and uh, you use a Berkeley gulp minnow, or or sometimes we actually use um, oh my gosh, uh, I just went brain dead on this one, but uh, uh, floating fly flies. Yep, and I always call this the simple man's floating fly because a floating fly traditionally you got like a ten foot rod and this huge leader. Well, this is it's the same exact thing. You just have a regular. You know, like ultra light rod and this super tiny fly, and you just throw it toward the bank and let it contour down the bank while you're just barely shaking. So we call that tight line. Okay. So that what's happened is is these have kind of hybrided together now. They're they it's a hybridized version of the Damiki and the tight line. So now when you see them out there, you just kind of make a little pitch and you just shake it and let it fall down through that shad. And, and then you, you catch the active bass. Interesting.
3: So, um, yeah. What kind of uh, soft plastics are you rigging on that uh, generally? You know, you can really
1: use a little bit of anything, especially when you're tight lining it. Now, if you're direct vertical fishing, believe it or not, you, you want to stay above the fish. So even if the fish, remember when I said it's a lot like ice fishing? so it's the same concept if you're if you're vertical fishing them you want to stay above them so if that fish comes up to it you want to raise it just a little bit raise it just raise it just a little raise it just a little and then finally either they turn away from it or they they turn up and hit it and you'll see that in a lot of ice fishing uh situations you know you see guys keep that bait above keeping the bait above them seems to be the key uh But as far as the soft plastics go, I mean, again, we can go back to the, uh, feather jigs. Um, we can talk about, you know, the Domeki armor shad. Uh, I have used the 2.8 Kytex, uh, with and without the tails. Sometimes I'll cut them off anything. And now there's a host, I think, uh, V and M tackle make a little version now. Uh, a ton of, of people make make different versions. Even even believe it or not, even the, the TRD. Now the problem with the TRD, I don't like the actual Z-Mans for it because it tends to float up. So this is a situation where you want it kind of neutrally buoyant to to drop him because as you get it deeper, as that water pressure pushes against that plastic that plastic naturally wants us to push back so the deeper a a plastic gets actually the more buoyant it becomes so once you get down to so deep it's why you know one of my favorite heads is uh the ledge head drop head because he puts a lot of the weight kind of killed underneath that bait so at at 40 feet it's going to keep it's going to fight against that bait from wanting to kill up and keep it more horizontal. Uh, so, you know, I mean, anything, anything you can imagine, but you want the least amount of movement possible, because generally this is a cold weather situation.
3: And you're pretty much just dead sticking it at that point, right? You're, you are. You're, okay. You are.
1: Now, sometimes, you know, if they'll sit there for a while, you can give it, I'll give it a couple of real turns, to see if they'll maybe just get that Follow. reaction out of them gotcha but uh but for the most part you're dead sticking it
3: interesting that uh i mean it you know obviously those kind of techniques where you're doing you know no movement and stuff it really does uh tie into the cold weather now as it as it warms up do you um just pretty much bail on it at all or what what can you do to kind of adapt that for as the water starts warming up now, early spring, I mean,
1: it, it really is kind of the same thing. And I actually seen, I don't remember who it was, but they were actually talking about followers. So they were talking about their forward facing sonar. This is actually a great idea. I've, I've not put it into practice yet, but they were fishing something, maybe swim baits, uh, which is, again, one of my favorite things in the world to throw. But for whatever reason, if the bass wasn't hitting, they would, they would come out, follow that bait, kind of go down to the bottom underneath the boat. And they were using a Domeki rig as a follow-up bait. So they'd drop it down and every once in a while they could catch one or two of those fish. I think they said it was about a, 33%, 33%, you know, so, so about a third percent they would convert. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. And so that's a pretty
3: interesting concept. So you um, get them to follow it, follow the swim bait to the boat. And then once you have them there, then you drop the Demiki rig on them. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. That's so Interesting.
1: And that, that's something that, uh, it, that's, that's another technique that I've kind of used, uh, you know, with, even before now I didn't use I uh, I didn't use the Demiki rig. But something that I always like to do, I, I love to fish swim baits on ledges, you know, during the summer. And even with 2D sonar, you'd see your bait come back and then you'd all of a sudden see two or three lines or arches. So, you'd know you would know, you're getting followers. Well, a lot of times what I always do is keep a four or five inch with a one eighth ounce uh, belly weighted hook, a, uh, a fluke. Or, you know, one, one of my favorites is the Strike King uh, Caffeine Shad. And so you just throw that thing out there, count it down, and then twitch it upwards. And a lot of times those followers, as they're going back, or or even if they've hit the swim bait and they don't eat it, you throw that out there and, you know, they see that as a dying shad and bam, right. they'll nail it.
3: They so, think it's the one they hit and then they come back to finish it. Exactly.
1: So that's a, so the Domeki rig, one of the things that these guys were showing was that, you know, the, the bass were going to the bottom. So they'd follow and then they'd go straight after that bait left the, the water, they'd go to the bottom. They'd hang out there for maybe four or five minutes and then head back to that spot that they, for whatever reason, were set up on. And so that was a, that was a pretty interesting insight, you know? Uh, So, and, and, you know, for the most part, uh once we get into i would say mid pre-spawn I-, I do kind of go away from it once they once those once those bass really do begin to come up shallow and commit to coming up shallow i i it, i put it down
3: what is what what would you say is the shallowest depth you can kind of you know still fish it and be successful cuz i um, it seems like, you know, if you're going to be directly above them, you're, it's not going to be a super shallow beat because you're otherwise you're going to be spooking them yeah. pretty easy.
1: That 15 to 20-foot mark. You okay. Know, now, if you're casting out to them, you know, you're, you're making a little cast out. You you might be able to get away with a little different. But definitely, you know, that 15 to 20-foot mark is, is going to
3: be the cutoff line. I think if you're casting out to them, though, it's probably pretty hard to get it to just hang out in the part of the water column you want to, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. If you're casting out to them, you're really coming down through shad.
3: And, kind and of so, yeah. And you'll let through there. Okay.
1: Exactly. That's, gotcha. Uh, you might give it a couple of, you know, twitches so it darts just to get their attention, Uh you know, out of those thousands of shad that it just fell through. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so... Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, I, I think, you know, that, that was a pretty good dive into the Domiki rig. Um, um, there's a few other thing, uh, techniques that I saw that intrigued me. One, I, I didn't mention to you before the show and I apologize for springing it on you, but I, I thought about it after, as we were talking and um, only because I fell in love with it last year and that's the lipless crank. And you were talking about how that can be super good this time of year um yeah from
1: literally as soon as it starts to warm up now the dead cold winter i kind of prefer a blade bait you know but it, it's really worked the same way and, and you can take as those bass begin to warm up and move a little bit i you know i think that little bit of rattle is uh is a good thing uh so a lipless crank is—it's really one of the most—and people don't realize this—it's one of the most diverse little baits that you have in in your your bag. Uh, you know, I gave—I think—three different types of, maybe even four—in that video, types of retrieve, and one of them that's you know kind of a East Tennessee thing, which is where I fish predominantly. Is I just call it the flip flop. And you just take that bait, throw it out there, let it sink to the bottom. You kind of know where that school is, and you dead stick it for a few minutes, for a minute, you know, or so. And then you just barely twitch it to where all you want is you want to almost feel that bait, and you'll, you'll know, you'll feel that bait just flip on its side, side to side. And then you dead stick it. And then those bass are, it just annoys them so bad. Even in the cold water, they just can't stand it. So you'll, you'll do this again and you'll be like, Oh, and there <laughs> they are.
3: That's exactly you know? the retrieve that intrigued me. Cause I, I'd never heard, I've heard yo-yoing and, uh, um, yeah. you know, burning it across the tops of grass and stuff like that, but yeah. I've never heard that technique before. And I was like, that is definitely something I have to try. Cause yeah. I could see where it could be effective, super effective, especially right now as, you know, water is just barely starting to heat up. I think yeah. I think that's going to be money. So um, that was one thing. One of the things uh, as I was thinking uh, what else I wanted to talk to you about, I'd kick myself if I didn't mention that, because <laughs> I, it's one of the things that as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I'm going to go try that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, you know, I, uh, you know, going back to those shorts, you know, one of the one of the things that I kind of didn't talk about in that video was paying attention to the to the type of nose that your lipless has. You know, uh, I, I was talking about. I think I was held holding up one of the LVs and uh, one of the uh, uh, red eye shads. And that red eye shad, you can see, I've just beat all the paint off the nose. That red eye shad has got a, a wide flat nose and when you burn that bait it really tends to run nose down so you get out on some stump flats or where there's some you know scattered you know uh lay you know old lay downs and brush that that nose you know those sandy flats that might have a few stumps that nose digs and acts like a square bill. And, you know, so some of them are made best for, for yo-yo and the LV is a great yo-yo. But if you look at that, that red eye shad, which is also, it's got a great vertical fall, but it's also got that real wide nose, the uh, profound outdoors, uh, Shaker Z I think even has a a wider uh, front nose and you can really burn those in the shallow and they'll deflect so well off of, you know, some small stumps or, or, you know, rock or, uh, wood, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, it, it protects when it's running like that, just nose down, it protects those hooks so well. And that, that I think
3: that's why I didn't throw the lipless for the longest time, because I just looked at it as a crankbait without the bill. And I was like, this is going to get hung up left and right. Yeah. You know, but it really, I, I fished the Susquehanna a lot, which is rocky and, um, I thought for sure it was just going to get snagged left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really does come through pretty well. Now, obviously you'll still get uh, times depending on what you, you hit and where you go, but it does make it through a lot more than I thought it would. So yeah, if that's, what's holding you back from throwing a lipless, just give it a try. Cause you'll be, you'll be surprised at what it actually does come through. Yeah. It's coming up on,
1: on, I mean, it, like I said, you, you can do the flip-flop and, the you know, I call it the blade yo-yo where you just get it to just barely just to, 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 about four or five times and let it drop. You know, you're not really ripping it or, or lifting it off the bottom as much uh, as you would, you know, once we get into, you know, mid-spring. For me, I'd say around mid to late March when the yo-yo technique really you know a bigger pull like right now i'm going to use the flip-flop and just that little bit of pull just that i want to do it maybe four times and then let it fall back down and uh but yeah the the lipless is a player right now coming up and i mean big fish player you
3: know is that a kind of water temperature thing where you kind of change up your retrieves or what 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 starts you to change that up
1: it is it's it's a water temp uh sort of deal you know uh once we start seeing those low 50s i'm going to start moving it off the bottom a little more get away from that flip flop you know once we get in those mid 50s i'm going to give it a little more movement you know once we're right there 58 you know i'm going to start looking for flats and burning and bumping and stump hopping you know right before we get into those you know those 58 to 64 you know, right before those fish, you know, are really like, all right, it's love making time. Let's go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then the fun starts. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's still a good time leading up to that too. Cause like yeah. you said, they really, they kind of shake off that winter uh sluggishness and really just start yep. figuring out, Hey, you know, I got to start eating cause it's going to be a busy time here coming up soon. So. Yeah, they,
1: they really start to tie on that feed bag around that 55, 58, you know, and, and you'll get that, you know, you'll get that just run for a few weeks. Uh, you just, the biggest problem is you just got to stay with them with their progression. Right. You know,
3: now for me here in Pennsylvania, we still got a ways to go for that. Cause we're, our water temperatures are still, you know, we just barely got our ice off a week or two ago. So yeah. um, we're finally back to open water again, but it's definitely still, really really cold so and uh, now're they're saying possible snow tomorrow night again so who knows if we'll ice back up or not but it's definitely something I want to have ready to go in my arsenal so uh, I'm looking forward to that so
1: yeah that's somewhere actually I really need to come uh, it seems like I have a huge amount of fans in pennsylvania for some weird reason <laughs> so so i've got to find a good expo up there and and maybe next year make that trip since i went to columbus so
3: well um, just last week we had the great american sports and outdoor show in harrisburg i think that's the biggest one in pa that i know about okay um, so that's usually around this time uh every year so if you're looking for one you know and Hey, if you you need a place to stay, I got a spare bedroom, you know. All right,
1: man. All right. 20
3: minutes, 25 minutes from there. So, you know, not far.
1: We'll hook up next year and we'll go. I I mean it because that's something, like I said, man, you know, last year was such a struggle for me just with everything, getting the house ready. You know, I, I didn't get to do, you know, take care of my channel the way I wanted to. And, you know, it, it, it got real depressing, man, there for a while, you know, in the middle of the year, I was kind of like, you know what? I think I'm going to quit doing this. And, uh, you know, thought about it more seriously than I had ever thought about quitting. Okay. And, uh, you know, got with a couple of guys, uh, I'll give a big shout out to Burley fishing. I don't know if you know those guys or not, but they kind of pumped me up. My guys, Debo and tackle junkie uh, Debo's fishing, you know, they kind of, kind of build me back up. And, uh, you know, I just decided to dig back in and I'm like, you know what, we're, we're going to make a run at it. We're going to see what can happen with it. And, uh, you know, got the wife in, got the house done. Uh, you know, last year, just, uh, you know, I'm sorry about the language, but it sucked, man. With a capital S and, uh, you know, the tournaments I had were just awful. Um, You know, it was just, I was just not in it. And, you know, generally the first part of the year for me is the business end and, and, uh, Expos. But I swear I didn't realize how much, uh, being around the subscribers, dude, how much energy that I just, I mean, I just feed off of it. It's just so... I tell people all the time, if you do this sort of stuff, you do social media, as you do podcasts, man, you've got to go to the shows. You've got to, you know, find a booth. You can work, get a booth. I don't care what you do. Just let your people know that you're going to be there because they're not just numbers or, you know, they're, they're people. And when they come to you and tell you things, you know, how much what you do means to them and how much it helps and how they've caught. Their biggest fish, or their kids have caught, you know, their first fish. I mean, it's just you. If that's not why you're doing it, then get out. <laughs>
3: I mean, really, I hear you. I hear you, man. You know, that makes so, so much difference. Like when, when just anybody comes up, and you know, like you said, I'm, I'm, you know, Joe nobody sitting in his basement in south central pa talking into my computer yeah Um, you know but when when somebody comes up to me or messages me and just says hey you know love what you're doing you know i learned i learned this from you and yeah it it it, it is the what keeps the fire going because it does get tough you know yeah and especially last year i mean last year was tough on everybody for so many stupid reasons but yeah um as as a fan and as a a subscriber who is lucky enough to get to talk to you uh at times i am super thankful that you worked your way through and you're still you know doing you're you're right back on top kicking all sorts of good content out so definitely glad that you uh push through because it you know you do teach me a lot and uh, I can speak for, you know, a lot of my listeners who reached out and, you know, loved the episodes that we've had you on. The amount of inf- good information that you put out is just amazing. And like, you do have a gift for it. So uh, I want to echo that as much as possible and keep keep it going as long as I can. <laughs> as long as I can do
1: it. You know, I'm a old fat man, so who knows what's <laughs> going to happen.
3: Well, you got but the wife, the house. So, you know, you're moving. That's right.
1: right. That's right. So hopefully you know, you know, I love it, man. And, and I, you know, I just want to do more. I want to fish more. I want to get better at it. I want to understand things better. You know, I'm no pro I'm, I'm no great, you know, I'm no KVD. You know, I tell people that all the time, you know, I'm just an average Joe who, you know, if you, you read, you know, my uh, YouTube channel description, it says, you know, just come along with me as I try to become the best angler I can be. You know, I, that may not be better than, you know, anybody, but it's the best I want to be and I can be. And, you know, I, I strive to get better every single day. And, uh, you know, and, and I want to share that with people and share people, you know, what I learn uh, in a non judgmental way. Like I say all the time, you know, there's always people that are like, oh, you're not doing that right. There's no such thing as wrong in bass fishing. You know what's wrong? If you, whatever you're doing, even if you're doing it the right way and you ain't catching them, (laughs) the, the only judge are green and brown. And, (laughs) you know, that's, that, those are my only judge judges right right there. And if, uh, if they ain't eating what I'm throwing, I'm doing something wrong. It don't matter if I'm doing it right or not.
3: (laughs) That's right. That's right. You know, uh, uh, couldn't have said it better myself, man. So, so,
1: but I, I enjoy, I enjoy teaching because like you said and like i said at the beginning you know i just didn't have anybody to teach me you know i man i beat some water up man trying to learn
3: (laughs) as did i and i spent a lot of time not catching before i finally you know started figuring things out so i definitely feel that i mean that's part of why i wanted to do this show is because i I know what it's like to to come in not knowing anything and yeah and maybe being intimidated to ask somebody about it. You know, I, yes, I was that guy. So you know, that's that's totally why I started doing this because yeah, I, it, I, I knew in in helping other people learn that I was going to learn, and yeah. really I've. I've taken more out of the show than I give, and I feel like yeah. half the time. So,
1: Oh, yeah. That's one thing that I tell people all the time in the comments. You know, tell me, tell me what you do. Tell me how you do it. Tell me your retrieve. Uh, send me your GPS waypoints.
3: <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> no.
1: Unfortunately, that's net not worked yet. <laughs> it's I've worth t- a shot.
3: <laughs> I've tried.
1: I mean, it don't hurt to ask, right? No, but, absolutely. Uh, you never it, know. It, <laughs> they you know they like me but obviously not enough but (laughs) oh my you know you're right you're you're spot on i mean it really is i I learn as much from you know my comment section and people talking to me uh about fishing i I say it all the time and i think people think i'm full of you know what uh you know i love to talk i say my outro is hey, I love to talk fishing with you, and it's not a lie. Like, I mean, you wind me up, and I can talk fishing
3: all day long. No, my wife always, she told me when I first said I was going to do a podcast, she's like, you're about as introverted as it gets. You're not going to want to talk to people. I was like, but if there's one thing I can talk to people about, it's fishing. And for some reason, you know, if you – you put me in a room of strangers, you know, I, I'm going to be the guy in the corner unless somebody starts yeah. talking about fishing. And then I'll be able I'll be like, I'm good. Yeah. I can, you know, you know, yeah. Oh crap. It's time yeah. to go. You know, I,
1: we just, I don't even have to be around strangers. I'm, I'm that way during Thanksgiving. I'm just sitting there kind of bored, you know, then somebody goes, you've been fishing. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm good to go. Then we can have a conversation. <laughs> But
3: all righty, Hank. Well, thanks again so much for coming on. I wanted to give you a chance to let people know where all they can find you because man, if you're on a TikTok now, you've you've added some uh different places to your repertoire. A lot of work. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> but uh no, you
1: can find me pretty much if you if you go to Google and you type in Bass Geek, you're gonna find this ugly mug. I mean, <laughs> it's uh you can find me on TikTok. I think it's just Bass Geek. Everywhere it is either just bass geek one word or bass geek fishing. Even have a new website. Uh, Finally, got a website out there, which I I do have some plans for. Uh, You know, somebody wanted to charge me $15,000 for bassgeek.com, and I was like, (laughs) "Mm, no. So you can go to bassgeek.fishing or bassgeekfishing.com. You know, like I said, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook uh, tick tock. Um, we're, you know, it's not only my wife, but seems to be a lot of people like my shorts right now. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, I don't know why. I mean, you know, I, I tend to be a little hyper in my shorts because I want to get all this information in. So I'm like, Hey guys, let me tell you about Uh, this right here. uh, (laughs) So, you know, I, you know, so if you want uh, your hair blown back, (laughs) Watch a couple of my shorts, they're full of details, and you'll probably have to watch them two or three times because you know I'm just like
3: (laughs) (laughs) but then if they want to, odds are they can probably hop on your YouTube channel and find the detailed 30-minute version of those shorts. Yeah, and so what I get the whole story.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly right. What I try to do is uh, I put out of two videos a week on YouTube, and so what I try to do is take something that maybe didn't fit into the video some sort of tip that might not necessarily had fit or a lot of times i just forget <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah I'll, I'll make this into a short and uh you know so the shorts we put on you can find them on youtube you can find them on uh instagram reels and you can find them on tiktok so uh, but we put two of those out to kind of follow up the videos about two days after so you know Right now, we are bombarding the social media interwebs with my mug. So nice, nice,
3: <laughs> awesome man. Well, thanks again so much for coming on, uh, taking the time to, to you know, give us a, a bunch of your hit tips and tricks. And, uh, you know, everybody, uh, make sure you go check out uh Hank's stuff, check out Bass Geek. just google him that it works. because I, Googled him right before we came on just to see the last time he came <laughs> on here and it uh, pulled up a whole bunch of stuff. So definitely give him, uh, uh, check him out and, you know, just keep learning because uh, he's got a lot of great tips and stuff. So um, everyone that uh, thanks again for check, tuning into this episode of Best for Renews, uh, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Have a good night guys. Thanks again, Hank. Thank you, sir.
2: When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.